The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lathea Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Okay, welcome to Nightlight Radio. Nightlight Radio is a late night call-in show. You're speaking with Pastor Josh and this is Justine and Jacob over here at Alethe Bible Fellowship in Portland, Oregon. As always, we're joined by producer Jasmine in the corner. We are not psychologists and this is not therapy. Here we give upfront biblical advice, perspectives, and God's wise counsel to your problems. For the next two hours, you can call in, text, or message, email us at counseling at abfpdx.org, or DM us through Instagram or Facebook. Our phone number is 971-208-5290, and our chat profiles are in the link. You can also anonymously hit us up with topics through the Jot form in our bios. If you are someone you know needs help, talk to us, because the camera will be on for the next two hours. Let's go ahead and get the show started uh, with a hello. Hi. Howdy. Hi. Hi. Hello. Let's, let's make sure all your microphones are on and going. Jacob, you got a sound check over there? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Okay. Don't hold it that low. Sorry. Hey, can you make sure to put your microphone a little bit higher? You tend to, yeah. you tend to like saggy shirt that thing. You tend to put it in weird Yeah. I typically <laughs> have a flannel on, so I have but a collar for it. But Producer Jasmine, I can't hear you at all. Can you hear me? Nope, not at all. No. Is this even plugged in? That's um, like nope, not plugged in. Okay. It is. It's plugged in. Okay. Well, that's strange. I can't hear you. Justine, we got you? Check, check. Oh, yeah, you're on. So let's, uh, I don't know what's going on with producer Jasmine's mic over there. That's fine. I'll just yell. Wait, I'll bet I know what's going on. It's not on on my end. All right. Go. How the turntable. Oh. Uh. Okay. It's something to the here we okay i did something to the microphones my bad what did i do here so why don't we get those cards going to yeah, get started the show starting now and i'll why don't we get those cards going and i'll see what i can do about these microphones okay um so we're gonna do would you rathers this time around um if you're watching and you want to comment you would rather do or have go right ahead is would you rather your face turn blue when you're sad or your nose grow longer when you lie hmm well none of those things would ever happen to me you never get (laughs) um so i'd probably rather my nose to grow if I lied because it's a really good well I I royally screwed up these microphones somehow uh, but continue to talk about that Jake tell <laughs> well, us more about that well, right, well check this out you have to deal with a long freaking nose but if your face is blue when you're sad you know your face turns red when you're sad when you're crying anyway so it's kind of like the opposite of what already happens but when you're lying, you're, you're going to now see a physical consequence, not just a spiritual one or a moral, a moral one. Um, and 
You think of Pinocchio, right? That's what everyone's thinking about these days right, right. now. Pinocchio? Yeah, right. Pinocchio? Yeah, I think about that every day. The thing is, though, is that Pinocchio's nose only got so long, but what happens if it's, like, as big as the whole room? What is he going to have to do? You know? He's going to have to find a way to bend his nose around or, like, tie it in a knot so that he doesn't, you know, hit people in the face with it. Okay. Or knock things off the shelf. But that's my theory. So feel free to comment on this Would You Rather or Jacob's comments on this comment. <laughs> nice. <laughs> to answer the question. Oh, yeah, it'd probably be my nose growing when I lied because I'm like, you can basically already tell when I get sad. People just assume I'm sad. Hey, guys, I fixed it. Yes, yay. Nice done. Thank Sound you. Thank you. Wah, 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 wah. My hero. What was that supposed to be? That was air horns. Do that, do that again. I'm not saying it's a. I'm not saying it's a one for one exchange. It's. I gotta think about how that sound should go. How would it go? That sounds like a cow that was not gonna live much longer. Welcome to Nightlight Radio. We're going to try something like that, right? Air wah, wah, wah. What about a guitar wah, solo? Just a little riff. It's like a Wayne's World. Yeah. All right. I can pull out my kazoo. Oh, you don't have your kazoo on you? Oh, of course I have my kazoo on me. I have it in my pocket. Right next to the microphone. Because <laughs> it's very, very small. Let's see here. And handy. You always got to have a kazoo on you. This is my kazoo. It's a wooden kazoo, specifically. It is uh, a... Woodman Kazoo, 1969. Oh, it had some dust come out. <laughs> if you'd like to hear it more specifically, you can always check out a single of the band The Theory Of. Oh, well, I, ha- I have heard about them. That uh, producer Jasmine and I are big fans of. Uh, Huge fans. If you check out the song A Place In My Heart, you can hear this kazoo being used. I'll post a link in the comments. Anyway. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and move on. I didn't answer the would you rather question. What was it? Bigger nose or bigger nose or blue face? When you're sad. What? No, blue hair. What? Blue hair? Blue hair. Blue no, hair. it changes oh, everything. <laughs> it's your face. Oh, it's a face. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what I'm asking. I guess not. Did, wait, does it go back blue to hair. normal afterwards? One would yeah. I hope so well, because, dude, living with a long nose forever can't get around that's, that. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you lie to make the nose bigger or yeah. it's when you're sad that so, could be really useful right it also could be very tricky for when you're trying to make fun of people not make fun of people but play a trick on dude check this out you could play a lot of pranks with a long nose I know yeah like um, here's one when you're waiting in line in the movie theater and somebody is taking the long time you would just Make you a little lie, and then now you have your nostril over their popcorn bag, and you go, <laughs> and then you bring it back in and eat it real quick. Who, who wants wow. to eat popcorn through their nostril, dude? Are oh, you it's an just elephant? like a grabbing mechanism because right, your arms right. are long enough. Alrighty. You make a nose long enough. Whoa. 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 Okay. That that's, was loud. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, real weird. Okay. Anyway. Anywho, Jake, read us. A, read us. A Maybe that's story. not a prank. It's probably just an idea. It's yeah. And that's okay. Uh, so, the topic we'll read about is titled "Boyfriend Broke Up with Our Broke Boyfriend." Mm. 
<laughs> Try it again. It's going to be one of those nights. Um, <laughs> if you can already tell. Boyfriend broke up and said he wants to stay friends. Hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> what's, the, what's the name on this? Sophie G. Sophie G? Yeah. Like a rapper? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not even Excuse 10 me. o'clock yet. Sorry. Hold All right, together, here it is. I got broken up with two days ago. I feel absolute trash. We talked last night and he said that he couldn't be with me because I control his time and life. Last night he told me that he wanted to be friends. I asked him if there was a possibility for us to get back together in the future. And he said that he doesn't know what will happen in the future. He said that part of him wants to be with me, but he made up his mind. He said he's still in love with me and he loves me very much, but he thinks he made the correct decision. I told him that I still love him very much and that I only that I only time will tell if we get together. Okay, but I hope that we do. That's the end of that. Wow. That's it? Yep. Concise. Okay. Where's the question? Yeah, that was my first thought. Air five. Just uh more like a problem. <laughs> Uh, the problem is, is that he really giving her one thing or the other, and it's kind of confusing. And I'm guessing that she wants advice on what to do. I don't know. It's it's uh, two it's two days ago. <laughs> you know, it's still really fresh. So I'd say, like, just from a problem solving standpoint, give it time. Um, I would also ask that the question, like, uh, he says that you control his time in life. I'd say, do you? Yeah, I wrote that down too. Yeah. It's just two days ago, I looked at the date. This was posted August 27th, 2019. So it's been a while. Yeah. It's been almost a year. So it's been at least two years, right? No. I'm it's 2020. I'm joking because of COVID. This has been really long. Anyway, Sorry. let's move on to another one because I, I don't feel like there's really anything to solve there. Yeah, she just needs to say things. She needs to be patient, basically. Yeah, just give it time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, do your own thing, girl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sound clip. Let me just grab this one. Um, wow. While Jacob's grabbing these things, if you have a <laughs> topic or a... What was that, Jake? <laughs> Sorry, never mind. If you have a topic you would like us to discuss or, or discuss or you have a question for us, the phone number, you can text us if you feel so inclined, if you're shy. Uh, you can text us at 971-208-5290. Did you find it, Jake? Yeah, now. All right. Toxic. It. Ready? Toxic? No, toxic. Verbally unkind father, but I still love him. Who said this? Or what's the the name? Ike. Like Ike. <laughs> like Ike Turner. Yeah, Mike and Ike. Ike. Uh, all right, Ike. So go for it. I K E. Growing up with both my parents and three siblings, my father was very verbally abusive and occasionally physically. My siblings and I were always afraid of him. It was near constant yelling, fighting, slamming things, etc. If one of us so much as chewed too loudly or dropped something while clearing the table, our house practically turned into World War III. 
After my mother filed a brief restraining order, my father went to a court-ordered therapy a couple of times, but as soon as his 90 days out of the house was up, he came right back. My siblings and I have all had various problems due to mental illness running in the family as well as very stereotypical daddy issues. I'm 21 now and though a lot of th or, and through a lot of therapy, abusive relationships and self-doubt, I have realized that my relationship with my father causes me nothing but stress and heartache. I spent my entire life striving to feel like I'm good enough for someone who will never see me as such. He's on the autism spectrum as well as dealing with depression but rather than seek professional help, which he's financially capable of doing, as well as having a job with hours flexible enough to allow it, he'd prefer to take his stress out on everyone around him. I know that distancing myself from him would be the healthiest option, but he doesn't have close relationships with any of my siblings. I can't bear to be the last person to give up on him, but after hundreds of conversations in which he promises things will change, they still haven't. I'm torn between loving my father and sticking around for him or putting my needs first. I know he's hurting and I am not too fond of the thought of adding to that, but after years of expressing to him how much he's hurting me and how much I love to see him get help, I thought there was more to that. Anyway, I've realized that things aren't going to change until he genuinely decides to make an effort. I don't know how to distance myself from him without hating myself for it. I know he's hurting, and I'm not too fond of the thought of adding to that, but after years of expressing to him how much he's hurting me and how much, uh, yeah, that's weird. Anyway, this is So the question is, how does she, is it a she? It's Ike. Ike, how does he, I would think, how does he distance himself without hurting his father more? That's the big question. I feel like this is one that you two could answer um, yeah. more specifically from your own experiences. Sure. I don't know if you guys feel particularly vulnerable at the moment, but what do you think? Jake, you want to talk about it? Yeah. Um, so um, I was really, really close with my dad um, when I was a kid and, you know, with being a kid, you don't really know what's going on around you, and I really loved my dad, and I thought he was, like, I thought of him as my best friend, um, and then I reached teenage, you know, I was 13 years old, and he, um, sexually assaulted me, and, um, and I later found out the same thing happened with Justine, um, and... So after that, um, I stopped talking to him for, oh, I don't know, I think seven years, from 13 to 20 or 21. And um, I talked to him because I started smoking cigarettes in the Navy, and I wanted him to know that and get his thoughts. And it just didn't really seem like he cared, and so um, I would just not really talk to him much um but you know if i did talk to him it was just like uh not really for my benefit because i know that there's not much that not much productivity that can come from our relationship but it was more just to see how he's doing and keeping up 
seeing if he's still alive and stuff. And um, one time I did actually visit him, and uh, that was proven that nothing changed. But um, anyway, in a relationship like that, uh, the most healthy thing that you can do is to let yourself kind of just be your own person without having to carry the weight of a toxic relationship like that and um, allowing God to work on that project, you know, if we're going to think of people in that way. Like, he has his own issues and he's, gi he's giving you even more. So the best thing that you can do is put it in God's hands and pray that um, there will be room for reconciliation as time takes its toll. Um, but yeah, it's a sad situation for sure, but you're definitely not alone, and there is potential fruit that could be produced, but if you do plan on speaking to your father, um, don't take it as if it's your job to save him if he's not willing to listen to you or hear anything you have to say. Sometimes people don't want to hear it and they need, um, I guess, a stronger hand in that realization. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Jake when he says, like, it's not your job. And, I mean, you state it as you feel like like you don't want to be the last person to give up on him but just because you're like distancing yourself and trying to work on yourself and heal and heal those those scars that he's left you with um it doesn't mean that you're giving up on him you know it's like sometimes in order for someone to really grow and to really learn the things that they've done in their life they need people to stop like enabling them and they need people to step away and be you know consistent like if you've told him that you don't like how he's treating you and you want him to get help and he knows those things then you know in order for him to really understand that impact it's like you can't keep going back to him and doing those things those same things because then like he'll just keep mistreating you. So it is important to step back and that doesn't mean that you're giving up on him. Like those things don't have to equal each other. You can still want the best for him and hope and you know, hold out hope for, for him in that relationship. And um, yeah, it's important to let yourself heal from like those things that happened to you when you were younger and um it is it's normal to like even though you know a lot of times what I would get is I would people would ask me like how how do I still like I guess love my dad or or want the best for him or not want to just die because of like the things that he's done to me like I would get a lot of questions like that but um I mean it's normal it's normal to feel that way about your parents like 
your, you know, they, they were given to you in that way. And it's normal to want that relationship and to still love them and want to be around them. But, um, it's also important when it comes to a time to like know when to separate yourself and know when like it's just not healthy for you anymore and to not you know like it's I don't know it sounds like you're in a pretty good spot as far as like not becoming bitter um because it's really easy to just become bitter and like hate them and not want anything to do with them and think that you know they should just die or not be around and so I really appreciate that you're not like at that point you know you're just trying to figure out how to deal with this really tough situation that you're in so but yeah it's it's normal to like still want that relationship and I think you should still hold out hope for it um but I think it is important to to heal yourself and to take a step back yeah I think it's I think it's good I think it's appropriate to do that and I think that it is right it's both normal to want to have relationship as Justine was saying because that is the person that God put into your life to sort of incubate you into the world so they're they're meant to be a gift to you um, and you're meant to be a gift to them uh, so if you don't appreciate that, if, if there is no thanks to God for that, then you are violating your relationship with God. You're not being thankful for whatever he put into your life. And I know that's a, that's a hard one, especially if your parent is abusive. Um, but there, but we, we see in scripture over and over and over that we respect the sort of the rank of a person, even if we don't necessarily respect the actions of that person and what they do so you know there's that um and i don't know jake you can you can probably go into this more because you're i don't know if it's necessary but you could probably speak to this more because you're in the military like it like the rank of a person matters in the military matters more than whether that person is a nice guy right yeah so you 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 salute the rank Mm -hmm. um in the same vein like you know he's he's your father he was given to you and so you should want to do right by that um so yeah there i think there is what we call uh, a cognitive dissonance a justified uh rock between a hard place where you want to do right by him even though he maybe isn't the greatest person or definitely isn't the greatest person um, but then you also want justice for the unjust behavior that um, he's perpetrated against you. And I think you're right to feel uncomfortable in that. And I think that a lot of times people will want you to push one way or the other. Uh, but, you know, being, being a child of God, being a person made in the image of God, um, it's not good enough to just push one way or the other you will not find satisfaction in that. And so I think, yeah, I think you're, you have the right mindset about, about, you know, not wanting, or about wanting what's best um, mm -hmm. in, in the situation. Um, and it's true, sometimes the best thing is to sometimes step away. 
sometimes it's the thing that opens people's eyes to the fact that you know your relationship with them is different um and i think that there's a lot of people who can relate to this i mean who doesn't for the most part who doesn't even if they have the best parents in the world who doesn't relate to wanting to get away from their parents on some level uh it's it's part of the growing up process in scripture there's a phenomenon in it we call it leaving and cleaving um where you're supposed to leave your your family and cleave to your wife and your new family and um so on and so forth it has to do with something called the cultural mandate where god wanted us to go outward um all of those things uh but yes the the main thing is don't feel bad about feeling like you should take care of that person uh, because god put them in your life very specifically in the same vein hold them accountable to the unjust behavior um, allow consequences to come to bear and like justine said it's not a mutually exclusive thing maybe it was jacob who said it i don't know but it's not a mutually exclusive thing um, you can so on a practical level what that can look like is um, what were some, what were some of the, I missed it. Uh, let's see. Doesn't have a close relationship. Um, mother filed restraining orders. He was verbally and physically abusive. Uh, but you know, I, I couldn't remember if like alcohol was involved in that or anything like that, but okay. So he's verbally and physically abusive. The, one of the ways that this can look is, um, on a practical level is, you know, if he's physically abusive, get the authorities involved. You know, so get the authorities involved uh, and allow his consequences to come to bear, but visit him in jail, you know, write him letters, um, uh, pray for his recovery, give him books to read, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, I would venture to guess that he didn't have enough of that in his life. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I just want to say is if he's on the autism scale then that means his brain works differently if he's on the spectrum of autism that means his brain works differently and i i think that um you have a responsibility if that's something you know you have a responsibility to account for that you know there's there's a there's a sort of like normal expectation with people who are quote unquote normal or have uh what's the term I don't know, um, minds that function, you know, the way that most people's minds do. Uh, you, you can't, on the one hand, understand that he has, um, that he has an, an autistic brain, right? You, you can't, on the one hand, know that, and then on the other hand, fault him for not functioning normally. So I think that that needs to be taken into account when you're dealing with him. And it's it's like a normal thing that people with autism um, have a harder time dealing with, uh, you know, certain emotions. And so I guess my question is, on what level are, are you loving him in that regard? You know, is there an expectation that he be um, like everybody else? Or is or are you accounting for what you're saying is an actual medical condition? Um, I don't know if he actually is on that scale, but on that spectrum. But if he is, that's something to note. 
um, maybe you need to be being more patient with him um, and, you know, getting him more help. So, um, but Jake, I wanted to ask you a question, going yep. back to what you were talking about. You said that you, how long was it that you didn't talk to your father? It was seven years, um, and there was an aspect of that, me getting, like, getting a hold of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I didn't bring in, and I mentioned that I started smoking, but um, uh, the main reason why was because I was kind of slipping into this sort of like depression after being uh, sexually assaulted in the military. I see. And um, so I wanted to speak to him about that more than anything. And then that happened to be like in our conversation over the phone, I mentioned to him that I was smoking cigarettes too. So would you say that it wasn't actually because you were smoking cigarettes or, or was that actually a part of it? No, it wasn't. It was, um, it was because that was on my mind and I needed to address it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one to unpack, especially because you, you were saying that, you know, you had a interaction, like a assault interaction with him before you went into the military, but that wasn't right before you went into the military. Yeah. That was five years before. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, our phone number is, uh, 971-208-5290. We're open to have conversations. Um, if you notice both Jacob and Justine are open and vulnerable about their experiences with their father. If there's things that you want to talk about, um, if you want to know how we problem solve some of those issues, um, feel free to text us, uh, and uh or if that's something that you want to talk about that you could use some help with we have uh counselors who understand what it's like to go through those things so um you know hit us up uh like i said it's 971-208-5290 let's i guess i don't <laughs> i i guess i don't know what the next subject is so let's go to our cards real quick and see see where we're at on that okay here we go completely changing the tone all right <laughs> tone change um okay would you rather lose your ability to see or have perfect vision but have three eyes come on <laughs> What would what do you guys think? Well, where's the other eye? Where's the third eye? Oh, that's a good question. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm wondering here. I, I mean, mean, I just picture it in the middle. Then you can get some bangs and everything's fine. But then you wouldn't. But you, then your you, sight you would be weird. You can only see out of. No, the stipulation is that you have perfect vision. Yes, three eyes with perfect. Vision. All of your eyes. All three of them. So one of them is just a little bit dark. Maybe the combined vision will just be a little shady. So then you'd have bangs like this? Oh, the triangle bangs? Yeah. Well, you do what you have to. <laughs> All right. What's weirder, triangle bangs or having a third eye? <laughs> I think the whole Post thing the is comments. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, personally, I'd rather have a third eye. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
You know, the eyes are the testicle of the face. Okay. <laughs> completely separate note from then what. Completely right. separate note from what Josh just said. I was playing Zelda: Breath of the Wild today, uh-huh. and I'm like, I would be so sad if I could not see this. <laughs> like literally, that thought popped into my head. But. Do you guys not know what I'm referencing? I know it's the office. Yes, it's the office. It. Yep. He's talking about what, like a fight. He's like talking about gouging people's eyes, right? Yeah. Something. I yeah, can't and then he like proudly says the eyes are the testicles of the face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So true. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'd rather I'd I'd rather have perfect vision in three eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Especially over was it being blind? Um. Yeah, I think that was the dramatic other option. Yeah, especially over being blind. I mean. It, and you know where that eye could go i i didn't even think about that i mean just like up here would be awesome like i think it'd just be like really cool but what if it was on your belly button what if you could wink with it oh <laughs> like i'm I, sure you'd be able to do all the things that normal eyes do well my daughter can't wink she so. cannot wink <laughs> her, she, winks her winks are, are what if it's like you blink but you keep one eye open so these two are winking or blinking or whatever this one yeah. stays open yeah you could also get an eye or you get like a you got an eye oh. You can, can have like a like light this? show with your eyes. Or like going here. All over the place with them. I, I think that there are some comic book characters who have third eyes that they that are like covered. Wear an eye patch. You get a sporty get headband. A headband, yeah. Like uh, I'm like like Spock in whichever Star Trek movie that is. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Yes, The Voyage Home. <laughs> I mean, I think it's Star <laughs> Trek Four, maybe five. Which minute is it? Just kidding. Uh, uh yes. Jokes. Gracie's pregnant. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The whale. Alrighty. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and move forward. Now that we've had our nerd moment for the day. Yeah. And we've Jacob. had our fun. Okay. Uh, this one is, is this healthy? Oh, good. I'm going to guess the answer is no, straight out the gate. But. Yeah. All you right. have to ask that question. Post in the comments, do you think Josh has the right idea here? <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is by ZTYU1234. Wait, okay, I need to write this out. <laughs> ZTYU1234. What Oops. would Z, ZTYU? ZTYU? Is that Z, what we're going to call Z, this person? ZTYU. Yeah, I don't know. Z-tai-u. Go for is it. Is the Z silent? Like blue by Maybe it's Sue. Just Sue. Anyway. What? Sorry. We're then the T would have to be silent too. Oh. Everything is silent, and you just say one, two, three, four. Go for it. Now, what do you like spending time with a your boyfriend or girlfriend at their place every day? Wait, what? <laughs> is this a, like an in- is this an infomercial? What? Can what you do you say- like spending time with your boyfriend slash girlfriend every day? Can you read this again? If you guys can't even get through the first sentence. <laughs> Sorry. This is going to be a struggle. Yeah, g- right, go sorry. through it again, please. Let me try to adjust my pants. Okay. Let's hit I feel this. like you can do that yourself. Anyway, so this is what it says. Would you like spending time with A slash your boyfriend or girlfriend at their place every day within the exception of working almost 24-7 with no let up? Is that healthy? I asked because there's this couple who isn't married, not that it matters, that spent all day every day together. They only spend time together at his place. She goes to work most mornings and it's right back over 
to his place. If he leaves for work, she has a key and will wait for him at his place to come back home. They aren't living together, just together most of the time, even run errands together. Is that healthy or not? Is she insecure or something? Sometimes she doesn't come over in a day and he has different women coming in and out of his place. He kicked his ex-wife and kids out last summer because she caught him cheating. He and his ex-wife and a child beforehand got married in 2016 and moved in a few doors down from me in an apartment building shortly after. In the summer of 2017, their second child was born. About two months after he was born, he kicked her and the children out and they went to live with her mother while he stayed in the apartment. They had this public falling out before he kicked them out. The next day, the women start flocking in. A different one every day or other day. About six months ago, this lady that I speak of started being over there every single day, 24-7, within the exception of work, for days, sometimes weeks at a time. Sometimes when she's at work, I see him and different women coming out of the apartment. I speak and remain cordial to him, so always as well as whoever he's with, as he has always been polite towards me. I just think to myself that there's another woman becoming dedicated to a man losing herself and life in the process. Is this an example of a toxic relationship? And then is asked the question again, is this an example of a toxic relationship? She's yelling the second time. <laughs> okay. So. I'm confused by this one. Can I read some of the comments on this post? Please. Because I think they're funny. Um, one of them from FYI says, why do you care about this? Do you have a hobby you can do instead? <laughs> um, the, this one from Helen says, he sounds like, a, like an ass. Your preoccupation with him doesn't sound healthy. Try to forget about him and this poor woman and the children he jerks around. I hope your fascination with him doesn't mean you're attracted to him. If it does, please explore in therapy why you're attracted to scumbags. Ooh, and then, oh, then Copa says, huh, I was hoping this was a thinly veiled question about you and your relationship because it's very odd to be preoccupied with your neighbor's personal life. Mind your own business. And then there's just a bunch of mind your own business, mind your own business. But... My favorite Jeez. was the first one. Do you have another hobby you can do? <laughs> yeah, well, that was my first uh, thought, too. Like, why is she spying on him so much? But then I was like, well, maybe it's a young girl. Like, maybe she's, like, a young woman or something who's, like, trying to figure out, like, what it's like to have a healthy relationship, I guess. But I feel like with how much was written... I f if that is the case, I feel like she would already know the answer. Like, no, that's not, it doesn't seem very healthy, but I don't know. I don't know who it is. <laughs> I'm trying to fight back a sneeze. Don't mm. look at the lights. It's, it's allergies. My allergies are going crazy today. Maybe is it the window? It's the window. The yeah, but it gets real hot in here. It is real hot. Yeah. You were right about this tea, by the way. It's good. Well, it seems like we really enjoyed this okay. story. Okay. Well, here's what I here's what I like this story. Um, it's layered. So you think about this guy. You got this guy. There's a story there. And if I was a journalist, I feel like this is gold. And then you have this woman who who knows what's going on in her life. But she's 
probably like maybe a journalist herself. Maybe she's an author, so she like. So you're like making people. up a movie? Yeah. What's what's I'm happening? I'm just trying to justify I, what exactly is right now. What? I feel like you're writing a, like a new movie. Out the of reality it. that this woman lives in. The show is breaking down. I used to watch or I used to uh, read like autobiographies a lot when I was in school, and a lot of them they would talk about authors and they would just really observe people and what they were doing to help write their novels. Um, and so in their Wait, what? walks of life, they'd go to the grocery store and see how people do things. Wait, what? So the autobiographies you were reading were writing about... They talked about that's what authors do. So the, so the person who was writing it was talking about what other authors would do for them to understand how to write their own autobiography? No. They were like... It's an unhealthy. My friend, no. who's a writer, has been sitting in grocery stores observing people. No, in an author, authors would say that in order to get inspiration to write books, they would observe people. Yeah. Okay. I don't think she's trying to write a book. I mean, she might be. I think she just streamed. She like binge watched everything or he. she wanted to binge watch. And I guess now it could she be a man. Else to do. No, it doesn't. I guess it could, but I don't think so. It's, no offense, ladies. I mean, I, I agree with what everyone's here. basically saying. Like, wh- what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, why do you... Why, it's dangerous. Why do you care unless you really care? There's a movie about this with Shia LaBeouf. This is what's happening. What, Disturbia? Yeah. What? Remember what happened in Disturbia? That is not. He was way he involved. He was paying with attention. That guy's. He was paying attention to what was going on in the. Oh guy's yeah, because he was on house arrest. Yes, uh-huh. there's a movie uh, with. Uh, oh, what am I thinking? Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, we just said that one. There's, oh. a, there's a Alfred Hitchcock movie called Rear Window. That was, or is it the man? Who, if, it Ooh, I'd like be, to watch that. It might be the man who knew too much. That might be what it's called. But anyway, the guy, either. like, <laughs> the guy was like laid up or whatever, and. He would just sit in front of his window, and he kept like seeing things in the other apartment. Yeah, but um, well, this was posted in quarantine, so <laughs> that's well, what I—that's what I'm saying. Dude. They baked all the bread. They watched all the shows. What else do you have to do? So uh, okay, so I guess I'm confused because on the one vein, she—we're gonna call it a she. Uh, in the one vein, the she, the girl Z Z T Y U one two three, is. Asking the question, starting starting out, asking the question is is it a healthy relationship for a guy and a girl to be with each other all the time? But by the end of the message, it's devolved into the guy and the girl aren't really together all the time. This guy's with another person, uh, you know, half the time, and the girl doesn't know it. Yeah, and she goes all the way back to twenty sixteen about his life. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm really confused. But to answer your question, it's not unhealthy for a guy and a girl to be together all the time, so long as they're not being lost in the relationship. Um, sometimes God blesses you with a person in your life who fits a lot of the marks of uh, who's in a lot of the the same lanes as you. You know, and so you get to work with them all the time. Uh, I'd say that's a blessing, not a curse. And I'd say that that's good. I, I also think that oftentimes that's not, um, that's not really what makes a relationship work. I, you know, what makes a relationship work is what your, uh, is, is, is your willingness to work on that before God, right? And so if you're doing, if you're doing things before God and you're committed to the relationship work, uh, working oftentimes it's 
it's the covenant aspect of it, like adhering to God's character and wanting to play that out in relationship that will keep the relationship going even if you have nothing to do, per se, in the relationship. Um, and quite frankly, there's not a lot of pursuits in relationship in this day and age that are worthwhile to do. So maybe you'll get like colleagues that you know work together and so they can have a relationship and so they have like this, uh, their, their work brings them together. So maybe you have like two cops, maybe you have two scientists, maybe you have two teachers, you know, um, so on and so forth. Their work brings them together. But more than not, oftentimes what you have is two people coming together who were in the same place at the same time, maybe experienced the same type of trauma, but they have no other paths that keep them together. And so you've got people who like to play video games and people who like to go hiking. And over time, if you don't have something else that's going to bring the relationship together, uh, some sort of cause to keep the relationship going, then it'll be really hard to make that covenant between the two work. And so, yes, more than more than um, often, you see people who uh, are apart from each other when they have a good relationship because they um, because it's not generally. Um, a common experience for people to to build relationships based on um, to build long-term relationships based on on sim like completely aligned paths yeah. normally you're not gonna find people working together or whatever you're gonna find people who met up in a bar or who saw each other and thought the other person was hot and so they're not going to see each other and then their relationship will be built on commonality. Maybe that commonality is God. Maybe that commonality is the raising of children or the making of money or something, but they're not going to be on similar paths. However, is it inappropriate or strange or wrong? Is there something wrong with it to find somebody that you are on the same path with and you can work together? No. It's a blessing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, especially during quarantine. Like, what else are they going to do? Yeah. That's yeah. great news. So, I, I, I personally think that's strange. But like I said, the main thing is to not lose yourself in the relationship. Um, and when I say not lose yourself, I don't mean that you... And this is like an, a, re a really important point. I don't mean that not losing yourself... Um, the, the implication isn't that you shouldn't be willing to sacrifice. Um, I think that too many people are not willing to sacrifice in a relationship and they don't want to quote unquote lose themselves. What I mean by that is that your identity um, has no definition other than how the other person defines it. In truth, the way that God sets it up is that you are supposed to remain, your identity is supposed to remain the other person's identity is supposed to remain. And then the two of you are supposed to form a separate identity uh, that is different. It's a picture of the Trinity where you have three unique individuals in one um, essence or being. So three persons in one essence. And um, that's what's supposed to happen. But so often we kind of lose ourselves like a, like a drop of honey in the ocean when we come into relationships. Uh, where we were completely willing to kill off ourselves for the other person. Um, yeah, and I don't mean in the sacrificial way. 
I don't mean for that. I, what I mean is for the one other person to survive instead of for that third person to survive mm-hmm. that you've created with each other. So don't lose yourself in the relationship. Ideally, what should happen is your relationship, um, the individuals, the persons in that one essence should become stronger and more defined and the uh, your partner should help you to, to grow and to be a better version of who you are. So, hey, did we lose our YouTube feed? I think we might have. I'm going to investigate. Can you turn off my microphone? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Let's see. You are that mic. Okay. Yeah, I think we lost our YouTube feed. Sorry, y'all, if you're on YouTube. I think oh, we, we, we had some viewers, well, who were on YouTube, because we had some viewers on Facebook that just kind of dropped out, or uh, YouTube, like we lost some viewers on YouTube, and then all of a sudden we had more on Facebook. Mm. So I'm guessing they moved over to Facebook. Good job. But that's the hope anyway. Uh, okay, do you guys got anything else you want to say on that one? Um, I don't think so. It's just an interesting question. I wonder what made her think <coughs> that that would be unhealthy. Yeah, right? Well, it's weird to juxtapose the two together. Yeah. Because I could say, I could see, like, is it unhealthy for this guy to constantly be having women come into his apartment while this girl is gone? That I could see as a question, especially if you're the neighbor and you want to, and you, like, want to know whether perhaps you should say something about it. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's a weird one. All right. Should we move on? You you sure. want to ask another it's card fun. question? Yeah. All right. Let's ask a card question. Okay. Would you rather have the biggest backyard or have the biggest TV? Oh, that's an easy question. Backyard. Backyard for backyard. sure. Backyard. Yeah, me too, actually. I knew it. <laughs> I wasn't tricked. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say our YouTube feeds back up for those? No, I can't get it back on. Interesting. Unless I completely take down the feed. Here's a follow question. If you could do anything with your backyard, what would you do with it? Why did you ask that question so violently? I feel like I'm in trouble. Pressure's on. All right, if I could do anything with my backyard, I've actually thought this through. He put a giant TV in it. <laughs> yeah, like a projector. If I could do anything in my backyard, the first thing I would do is I would dig it up, right? Okay. And then I would... Seems normal, though. I would dig it up, dig it up several, several, like, feet deep, hundreds of feet deep. And then I would start adding building structures underneath it. Wow. Perhaps, perhaps several, um, like, uh, buses, you know, like old buses. They have, like, steel frames, right? And so I add them underneath, connect them to each other, weld them together, you know, freight boxes, carts and stuff like that, and then weld them together and then refill the land and create an underground bunker system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what I would do with that bunker system? Mm. I'd fill it with TVs. Oh my gosh. Sounds really overwhelming. Okay. (laughs) No. Have you... Okay. So I know Jasmine's... Producer Jasmine has, has watched this because... We do a lot of things together, and we watched Rambo. Rambo. Oh, oh my gosh, the last one. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Last Blood, right? Isn't yes. It? Rambo, correct. Last yeah. Blood. 
I referenced that the other day. Yeah, in Rambo Last Blood, he has a bunker system kind of like that. Yeah. And then Josh is like, this is what I want. This is what I want in life. (laughs) Yeah. So. Underground bunker system. That's what I would do with my backyard. That's awesome. I would have a garden for growing vegetables and stuff. And then I'd have uh, a yard part. And Alfred and I can play fetch, and that's it. I don't have big aspirations. I just want those two things. In Minecraft, Jacqueline and no Jasmine, sorry, Rock Jack- twin. <laughs> it's because uh, I see Jacqueline watching. Oh, um, hi, Jacqueline. Jasmine had a, a house in Minecraft, and she had a big yard, and I installed in the sky. Oh yes. <laughs> Josh installed Spawners. a pig spawner that was, like, you know, <laughs> high enough so whenever the pigs would spawn, they'd fall to earth and die. So I have unlimited <laughs> pork chops. Everybody's dream. It's true. So that's another thing I would do in a big backyard. <laughs> install a pig spawner. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't think that works. What would you do? What would you if, do? Would I, I want my backyard? <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't know. I thought about it, and probably just some dirt. You put <laughs> <laughs> like a dirt track. I thought I could see you doing that. Like a, d- a dirt track. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. What would? Just I mean, you'd dirt. probably but break your other arm. I would but. just want dirt, um, so that <laughs> you just want. I didn't want to in your have a track. I could like after a while, you know, you might get old. Uh, I would be able to flatten out my track and just have dirt there, like loose dirt that I could do whatever I want with it. <laughs> Comment down below how many times has Jake said dirt? Dirt. So what I'm hearing is you want a giant dirt sandbox. I just yeah, just a bunch of dirt. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'd want like a, I don't know how to explain this, like a miniature, like a, a little petting zoo mm-hmm. but all the animals would like are, stay are babies humans. no oh. like stay like like a little <laughs> baby horse and like a little baby Pony. goat and a pygmy goat yeah well the good like, thing about dirt is that when you, you don't have to you worry totally about stole my backyard we're not you to, talking about dirt you anymore. don't have to worry about killing anything with dirt okay you want <laughs> a petting zoo where the animals pet you. <laughs> what? No. Oh. That was a Parks and Rec I didn't invite children. <laughs> <laughs> to Wait, isn't that an office? Isn't that the office? And then I'd also want like no. a big oh. section. That's what Jim, that's what Jim. Oh, to watch outside right. movies. That's a Jim suggestion. Yes, like an amphitheater. Yeah. Oh. I would love an amphitheater. Yeah. yeah. You're right. He's like giving suggestions for a party or something. Yeah, and uh, Idris Elba. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, what's his name? Charles, Char- Charles Minor. Charles Minor, yeah, he doesn't, he... he I doesn't, mean, he, maybe. It's he's not amused by it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Michael's just like, tell him, tell, tell him what, <laughs> tell him your suggestion. A petting zoo where the animals pet you. <laughs> uh, classy. Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of where the animals pet you, let's Jake go ahead Jake is still and, thinking about dirt. Are you still thinking well, about dirt? Like, yeah, I like the idea of dirt because... If you actually had weapons and stuff, you'd be able to test them out without having to sh- destroy the the uh, environment much because it's already just full of dirt. I'm like 
legit confused right now. I'm you crying. Could have, I'm you, laugh crying. You could have an arena, you know, where you can, like, you don't need the whole thing to be dirt, Jake. <laughs> I know, but I need it to all be dirt so that I don't, you know, I don't waste any resources. If it was all trees and stuff, then, you know, like, that's fine as long as it's at a distance, but I want most of it just to be dirt. <laughs> let's, let's. I don't know if we're gonna make it for our two, our full two hours, folks. <laughs> Be honest. Do you really want to listen to Jake talk about dirt for two hours? I don't know. Actually, that's the most entertaining part of it. But I really could talk about it. I have a lot of ideas. Let's. You have one idea, Jake. It's dirt. It's literally what, what just I would dirt. Do with it. What you would do with the dirt? Yes. Okay. I would make little sculptures. You know, I'd make myself some friends. Yeah, I would. We get into arguments, so I build them a house so they could get away from me. I would make sculptures out of the clay of dirt. <laughs> All right, I'm ready on. to move on. Yeah, let's move on. All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um. So, we have a new topic to go over um this is seemingly charming man has turned my life into a living hell okay mm, quite the title though. this is by sunshine all right this is brought in by sunshine found upon anyway <laughs> i am now 58 and divorced for about 15 years i met this man about five years ago while i was working a second job at night bartending he was a biker, not my typical forte with hair to his shoulders, but was very pleasant. He had such a calmness about him and a charming smile. He was going through a divorce, he said. Another person in the bar that night told me to be careful of him, that he liked his women. So I brought that up to him, and he laughed and said, I do like the ladies. I have about 200 of them. He was a farmer, not your typical looking farmer. We started dating and he was always so, so sweet. I moved in with him. He told me to let my daughter have my car when she turned 16 because we have plenty of other vehicles I could drive. He even bought a nice truck, uh, a nice truck, used truck, and would tell my kids and everyone else, this is mama's new truck. He had me sell all my furniture because he bought new furniture for mama, he told people. He even had me quit my job saying, you don't need to work any longer. You are the love of my life. Fast forward five years, and I never believed in the devil, but now I believe I'm living in hell on earth. I work all day, every day on his farm, from milking, loading, and hauling manure, mixing and feeding animals, everything. My children, who at the beginning used to love coming to the farm with my grandchildren, will no longer even set foot on the property. He blames me for everything, from, now, or from how he talks in the morning to him because my tone will set him off, to his farm failing because I don't care and don't work hard enough, that he can't hand, or he can't get in his fields to plant. I get called every name in the book. I don't have time to clean the house every day because I'm exhausted. He screams at me and continuously yells, except when people are here. Then he calls me Sweetie Pie. I have no money, I have no car, I have no friends, and I have nowhere to go. All the things he said he bought me are not mine. He says that, like when he bought a new four-wheeler and would tell his friends, look at mama's new four-wheeler. I could go on and on and write a book. I applied for a job a couple of months back without him knowing. I got the job and was supposed to start in April. I was not sure how I was going to get to it, but it was pushed back to June 1st because of the virus. Now it's been pushed back to June 29th, and when I'm done training, I have to work from home. 
Dear God, I hope to get away from here somehow. But like I said, I live hell on earth every day, and now I'm finding I'm turning into a monster, someone I don't even know. So there it is. Are they married? Um, I didn't pick up on it. It doesn't sound like they are. Yeah, I don't... Didn't mention anything like that. Yeah, it doesn't say that they're married. 58 years old. So 60 years old. Five years ago. So been with Guy for five years. Yeah. I mean... I... So... Just from a... Um, logistics standpoint like a practical standpoint I would say like you can just leave there's a lot of resources for um, battered women there's a lot of resources for um, people who want to run basically Mm -hmm. there's a lot of resources out there Um, plus I mean you have children who clearly don't like the guy Mm mm-hmm so that seems, I, I guess what I'm saying is it, it seems odd that you feel like you can't leave the situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say if, if the situation really is as you say and it's toxic and all of these things, um, then I would say that you can just leave. I don't know if that's the true narrative, though. Um, you know... I, I'm not really sure what was signed up for. Uh, a lot of relationships are like that, where where everybody was on the same page at first, and they get into the life they thought they were going to live, that life that they thought they were going to live, in this case, working on a farm, um, not the greatest life. Uh, it's harder than you think, and then, you know, and then the coping skills aren't the best to deal with it, and so you turn on each other, and so on and so forth. Uh, so I, the the relationship doesn't sound healthy from that narrative, um, but I don't know how true that is. And I would say the best thing to do would be to try to go to counseling, um, try to talk with him while other people are there, um, to establish the narrative and whether you're you know you see it correctly. Um, but if it is too difficult, you know you could just leave. So the fact that the fact that you're not the fact that you have an out like kids but that doesn't seem like viable to you um the fact that you're old enough to kind of know that at 68 says to me that maybe there's a little more to that story than than i understand but i don't know what the rest of you guys think it's interesting because like that age thing is a factor in my mind where at this point she just wants to settle down and maybe that's what her mindset is like working on the farm and you know being an old couple you know like stereotypical thing but obviously she doesn't like that uh this guy definitely uh is showing some abusive qualities and is not thankful for her and not treating her the way that she deserves um and is actually it seems like taking advantage of her while 
kind of uplifting himself um, in different ways. So, well, I feel I feel like yeah, that's how it's painted. But I feel like there's a lot of wiggle room in there for whether that's what's actually happening. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if it is exactly how she paints it, but I don't I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like there's there's a lot more to be uncovered. Yeah, I wonder what is going on. It doesn't have say, you looked in the comments? Yeah, I did. I did. And people are kind of saying the same thing. Um, one comment, though, is different where it says uh, that they're proud of her. It says, good for you, sunshine. Yes, you didn't see where all this was heading, but now you see it very clearly. Now you're planning to have a better life. It will keep you going. None of us knows how long this is going to take. So it's put on a hold, but you know you'll make it because you're made of strong stuff, lady. Live in jobs. Not sure how that'll work now, but before COVID-19 struck, that would give you a home and a job, even if that was temporary. House, pet, or child sitting. So I take it he handles all the banking. You have no money. Have you checked to see what you're entitled to if you leave him? Have you been able to collect any proof of how he treats you? Keep staying strong. Have any of your relatives who can put you up ring an abuse line and get some advice for, for your area maybe they can help also remember how he acts with you is because he has issues don't allow him to put you down don't argue with him but remind yourself in your head that he he's got issues and you're not the problem stuff you've gotten rid of don't worry peace of mind is better enjoy rebuilding your freedom create a peaceful haven no matter how small big hug take a bath light candles listen to positive videos play happy uplifting music and then try not to allow him to drag you into it hard i know but try not to let him win just apologize to keep the peace for now peace of your mind best of luck yeah i mean there's some decent uh suggestions in there and like i said earlier there's so many um resources in regard to that there's you know like abuse hotline type yeah. stuff like what was said but I, I don't know i'm not really hearing that so it's 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 hard it's hard to to know. So if but if you just take it on the basis of if you just take it on the basis of every like her perception is 100% true, then then I would say she should just get out. Mhm. You know, especially if she's not married to the guy. Get out of the situation and connect reconnect with your family who clearly doesn't like him anyway. Right. And um Yes, it is not your fault that you're being treated that way. And, uh, you know, like, learn from the experience, you know? Is it your intent, or your... I don't even know what the word I'm thinking of is. Is it your thought that she wants to fix him? Or... Um... I don't know. That's That's what I'm saying. Like, the water feels muddy in it to me. And I would just like, I would just really like to explore it more because I, yeah, I would just like, I would really like to explore it more because I, I'm not really sure where she's coming from in it. And I just feel like it feels very one-sided. Is that rain? Is it raining? Mm -hmm. Oh, huh, crazy. Um, it just, it feels very one-sided to me. In terms of a description, so I just I don't really know. I just, I'm I'm uh, I'm just not really sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything to say? Not really. I mean, my first thought was 
have you sat down and talked to him about how you feel like you're being treated and like reestablished boundaries of how you want to be talked to and how you want to be treated and and outside the moment too yeah yeah like not the not while you're yeah. arguing you're like i'm so sick of slinging this pig poop yeah yeah because yeah, you know at the beginning you seemed so willing to like give up all the things that you had right and then you did that and then now you feel like you're stuck and if you don't like sit down and like try to have a conversation and explain those things to him then he just he might not like really understand how bad it is for you so that was just my first thought is like maybe just sit down and talk to him about it and see where he's at in it and then if there's no improvement or maybe if it gets worse then yeah I would get out of that situation for I'm sure I'm starting to think about some other factors too like I wonder what her initial thought was when she found out he was a farmer and <laughs> if she understood what she was getting into and that like maybe she thought she didn't have to work on the farm at all and yeah, this that's the sort of thing where I'm just yeah, where I hear those things and then basically all she says is that she has to work all the time, which is a part of farming. That's part of the farm life. Yeah. And that, you know, he gets angry and says that the farm is failing because you're not pulling your weight. Which I mean, there would be truth to that. So it's I it's it's hard for me to uh it's, it's just hard for me to process so black and white. I, I just need more information. Maybe, just, first of all, maybe she doesn't have the right perspective. Maybe she didn't really understand what it's like to live on a farm. Yeah, I don't know. So if we give her be the benefit of the doubt, I think what Justine's saying is true. Like, talk with him. Try to reconcile with him. Yeah. Um, give him some grace in talking with him and you know see if you can come to some sort of resolution and if you can't um especially if you're not married get out of the situation don't hide behind the idea that there aren't resources for you uh, because he's stripped you of all these things if it is really true that he has systematically gone through and stripped you of these things um like there are resources you know and so it's it's a bit of a lie uh, that you're being told, if this is true, there's a bit of a lie that you're being told that says that you have no recourse and no resources. You have family, there's government services, there's hotlines you can call, there's things that you can do. Um, so, you know, put, put that knowledge to use and, um, you know, go into that carefully and wanting reconciliation uh, and trying to look at it from from his perspective, but yeah, don't put up with don't put up with abusive behavior. You know, the the other thing again is if get out of the situation like you to get out of the situation if it really is like an actual like abusive situation, you can call the cops. Like I said earlier, it, it applies here. Like take him to task. Like if he really is a sweet man who doesn't know how to handle doesn't know how to handle his frustrations. Um, you know, you can take him to task, get the cops involved when he does something he's not supposed to, but still support him. You can still visit him in jail, but you can leave that situation. And that's a good way to leave that situation because the cops will literally, will literally escort you out if you are uh, afraid for your life. 
So. All right. Well, uh, let's hit another one. What do you got? You had something on meaninglessness, right? Yes. How many more do you have? This is the last this one. This is the last one. Okay. Final. So let's go ahead and answer one more, uh, one more of those questions, and then we'll hit that last one. And if we have nothing else to talk about, we'll call it a night. All, All right. right. Okay. And when I say when I say we'll call it a night, what I mean is we'll be off the air. We'll call it a. Let's turn off the camera, but yeah. you can still call in. Yeah. Our number is go, Josh. Nine seven one two zero eight five two nine zero. That's our number. You can text us. You can call us. You can send us a message through Instagram. You can DM us or PM us. You can uh, send an anonymous topic request form. Hey, and on that note, let me just tell you a little station uh, information. I like that station information. Oh. Uh, anyway, so let me just let me just give you a little station information. We are coming up on the end of season one for for the nightlight. It will be, well, actually, this is our second to last episode for the season. We only have one more episode, ladies and gentlemen, oh on the last, uh, the last Thursday in June, right? Is that correct? The last Thursday in yeah. June? Mm -hmm. So on the last Thursday in June, we'll have our last nightlight for the season. Um, we will still be doing some nightlight meetings where you can still talk to us and, you know, because counseling never ends, but... Uh, but in terms of uh, having uh, on-air um, podcast, we're going to take a little bit of a break while we get ready for the VRN's season four, right? We in season four? Yeah, we're going to be on season four. Holy goodness, look at that. So we're going to take a little break and retool things. So we only have one episode left. So if you have a topic that you want to talk about next Nightlight, which is going to be the last Thursday in June, will be your last opportunity for a crazy six months. So feel free to uh, to think about that and uh, let us know what you want us to talk about. Again, the number is nine seven one two zero eight five two nine zero. We have one more topic to talk about for the evening, uh, but before we do that, we are going to play a little game. Okay. Hit it. Um, would you rather be the smartest person in the country or be able to teleport anywhere? I feel like we I think we did this one. We've definitely done this and the answer was hands down teleportation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Because being super smart equals responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh more opportunities to do wrong by all your followers. Well, especially in COVID. Responsibility. In COVID, I feel like the ability to teleport would just be so great. You know, you teleport into right. Disneyland. An igloo in Antarctica. Okay. Sorry. Not where I was going, but I, I guess would you could go do there that. in a heartbeat. I'd save all those animals. I I think you'd have An to. An igloo in Antarctica. Yeah, they can all huddle in with me. But if you could teleport, Jake, why wouldn't you bring them to, a, like uh, a somewhere cozy? Yeah. Or somewhere where they, they need can somewhere cold. You bring them to a zoo. I know, I know that it's cold. a small. Well, they have cold areas in zoos. I know that it's a smaller area, and you would consider it a cage, but not if you have a doorway to anywhere, right? Then it's not a cage. It's just it's a oh, house. Oh, so it's like a transfer. Yeah, you like you bring them in and out of that. It's a safe place. It's a, it's a preserve, like a safe environment. Oh, that's like my new job. I'd be a superhero. 
My now, son, I feel like my son would love that idea. Idea. Now Jake is making teleportation responsibility. Anyway, you have, you if ask you have great power, you have great responsibility. Oh Justine, you want to ask a fresh one? No. She doesn't have another one. Okay. Nope. Sorry. All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move <laughs> forward. Let's 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 go ahead and move forward. Then, what is our last topic? <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Okay. This is by Jack. So simple enough. Okay. Okay. Good Keep going. Hi. I am looking for some advice as I feel at a loose end. I have recently turned 22 and have no aspirations, goals, or motivation to succeed in anything. I am massively overweight due to overeating, which I do as it is really the only enjoyment I get. I wake up every day with no purpose and I have not one friend I can talk to. I have no interests or likes, which is difficult when trying to work out what I want to do for a career. My weight massively affects my confidence and self-esteem. I have tried many times to diet, yet I can't seem to stick to anything even though I know I have to. I don't know why I can't stick to something when I know it is going to benefit me. For a bit of background, I have been to my GP. What's GP? General practitioner, probably. Okay. So, uh, doctor. Yeah, sure. All right. And I self-referred for talking therapy, but because nothing has actually changed day to day, it hasn't been useful. I believe lifestyle changes are what I need, but lack the drive, as although I know I want to get there, I know I want to get out there, I also don't know what it is that I want. I have no idea where to start. This is a great one to end on. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are, are you Jack? I know. That, that was my next just, question. No, I don't know. Why no, this is you. this is a good one to end on. Uh, I mean, this is where you need to. This is where you need to start, Jack. You need to figure out your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, that's literally where you need to start. That is it. You have no aspirations because you don't understand who you are. I think you have one aspiration and and this is the this is the true narrative. You have one aspiration and that is to understand who you are. It's the one thing in your life that's motivating you. It motivated you enough to write this question. Right? So, yeah, it's not it's not a type of aspiration where you're going to get up and work out perhaps. Um, because that in itself isn't enough, but it is the type where your brain is working overtime on it. The problem is you need to sync those two, right? You need to, to, to sync them up with each other, um, which means you need a, you need a, an answer that's going to affect the whole person and not, not just an answer that's going to affect one or the other. So I can tell you right now that in trying to think about what job you should be having and thinking that that's going to solve your problems the reason why that's not doing it for you is because that's not the question you should be asking the question you should be asking is what does all of this mean and who am i and why am i here and where am i going um, what is the nature of reality and what's my relationship to it the the truth is that you need something transcendent and only something that's transcendent is going to be strong enough. When I say transcendent, what I mean is bigger than the reality that you live in, right? So right now, 
I would say pleasure is probably the only big reality that they're the only motivator for you. I say that because you say that eating is pleasurable um, and that it's the only thing that you know you you do consistently and and well. Um, so right now that's the biggest reality. Go to go to the one who provided you food. You know, um, like that's that's what it is. If you if you want if you want something that's going to provide you strength to change your life, then you need to you need to look for answers um, to your perspective and not just your patterns of behavior, not just the way that you perform in life, not just the way that you present yourself. Weight is the smallest of your issues, believe it or not. It is, it is a very, very minor issue here. What's going to kill you is not overeating, um, even though you might be morbidly obese. What's going to kill you is your uh, is your lack of understanding of who you are holistically and specifically in your relationship between uh, yourself and God, and it's you're you know you're dead on the inside. Yeah, that's why you can't do anything on the outside because you're dead on the inside. So, in practical terms, this is what I would say. Pick up a Bible and start reading it. Pick up a Bible, start reading it, and ask God. Okay, Jake, I can hear that all the way. Sorry. Uh, Pick up a Bible, start reading it, and ask God specifically to to speak to you. You may not even believe in God, but ask him to speak to you. Say, you know, are you real? And if you are, speak to me. Tell me who you are. Tell me what my purpose is. Tell me what you want from me. I'm at the bottom of my... I'm at the bottom of my rope. Is that right? Bottom of my rope? End end of my rope? End of my rope? Is that a loose end? I think you're thinking about rock bottom and... I'm at rock bottom at the end of my... I'm I'm at the loose end of the rock bottom of my rope. And... (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and so pick up a a Bible and start reading it and, and ask yourself as you're reading it, whether you um, are ready to understand the nature of who you are. Like, look for that in in that and ask God to reveal himself to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's what I would say. Start, start in the Gospels, like the book of John, for instance, um, and let your mind be turned on. Forget about the performance of your life. Forget about how you're performing. Forget about, you know, getting a job or overeating. Those things will figure themselves out once you figure out why you're here. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I would say. Yeah. 100%. Anyone else? I mean, it's, it's seriously that straightforward. I mean, I don't really know... If you need to look at it flipped, I mean, I guess you could, like, you could ask yourself, yeah, why, why do you want to lose weight? Like, mm-hmm. what's the point of that? If you don't know, like, if you just stop there, like, you want to lose weight, but then, like, what's the point of it? Well, then that's your answer. Like, you don't, 
like you don't know those simple questions because you don't have that like foundation of your relationship with God and knowing like why you're here and what you're doing and like all those basic questions. And I do want to say that, you know, being 22 and like having these questions, I think, I think you might have a little bit more of a drive than you realize because Mm. people go their whole life without asking questions like this. Right. Or really thinking about what they're doing and, you know, what goals they want or, you know, and so I think in a way you do deserve like, you know, a little round of applause, like, Mm. you know, Yeah. yeah, you do deserve some credit. Like you might feel a little old in some cases, but seriously, like, I think a lot of people are much, much older than you and still don't even question what they're doing with their life. So, um, I'd encourage you on that, on that side of things. Yeah. Or they have fake, they have what they would call aspirations, but really they're not. Yeah. They're empty and you know, if they let themselves like think about it a little bit more. Um, they probably are, you know, sad and like dealing with it in, in unhealthy ways, which, um, I know you mentioned that you like to eat food, but um but a a lot of those people a lot of those people when they're dealing with that are dealing with it by losing their sense of sobriety Mm -hmm. um but i think that those people who use food to cope generally are adding a sensation rather than taking away a thought yeah and i think that that's something kind of profound about the situation I, i you know if you don't know who you are then that's that is just a dangerous place to be in. Mm-hmm. If if you don't know who you are, then you really are, as you put it, just existing. Um, and that's it's yeah, not good it's enough. It's really scary. It's not good enough. And I think Justine makes a a profound point in regard to sort of looking, sort of reverse engineering a purpose. Um, why do you care? Mm-hmm. Why do you care whether you're fat? Like, what makes you feel bad about it if not for the fact that deep down on some level you understand that you are valuable and significant? So when you're looking, look for... When you're looking, look for something that answers the, that answers the question that maybe you haven't understood that you're asking which is why am I valuable? Why am I significant? And then what does that mean? Uh, I, I think that there is, I think that that is a question that you're asking. And I think a lot of people who are going through that, they ask that question, especially because generally those people, and we find this to be true, especially with people who really struggle with weight, are people who on some level have been told that they're not, they're not valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Were you about to say something, Jake? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was 22 when I asked those questions Mm. as well. And um, I was desperate for that answer. I know I've said this before on the show in the past, but if I didn't get that answer, I was definitely going to kill myself. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like, 
that's why I was agreeing or uh, verbally saying something when it comes to how dangerous that place is. Um, and I don't really see that here. I think that this person is just looking for meaning, but you're not going to find it in anything in this world or anything that comes from this world. Um, it's from God who created this world and he created it with purpose. It's not chaos. And so you are created with purpose and not chaos. And so when we live in chaos, we feel out of place because we don't belong there. We belong with God in order and love and purpose. And so um, you need to reflect on what brought you to this point and uh, how God provided for you um, and how these things connect and then try to figure out the story that he's telling for you and help him in that. Um, seek his guidance and allow him to finish off what he has started in your life and don't cut it short. It's the best advice that anyone could have. Yeah, and when you do, when you do understand and your perspective becomes fixed on something that is transcendent and, and beyond you, when you have an author to the story that you're trying to tell instead of just being sort of um, a floating narrative with no author to anchor it, when you find that author, um, you'll find that all of your performance issues will start to resolve themselves. Um, you, you'll treat yourself better because you are significant and you understand that you are and you understand what that means. You won't have time to waste. Um, the joy of eating food will pale in comparison to the joy that fills your heart. So the joy of filling your body will pale in comparison to the joy that fills your heart from the knowing of who God is and what your purpose is. Um, relationships will fall into place. Things like jobs will become tools um, to help you in, in fulfilling your responsibility toward the greater calling of who God wants you to be. Then they, be, um, they won't be your identity anymore. They'll just be descriptors. Um, yeah, there's, yeah. So <sighs> rest at ease in the fact that you've done a good job in, in not um, succumbing to the pressure of uh, being vapid, you know, of, of essentially being um, ironically empty. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that in your depression that you're spiraling out of and in or into uh we see that there's a hope a hope because you actually know yourself to be significant and that's why this is an issue to you and so go find your creator who also thinks that you're significant and ask him to tell your narrative um, and take that weight off of your shoulders and eventually off your body mm -hmm. so all right, so we are about 30 minutes out from our two-hour mark, but you know what? Uh, I think we're just going to go off the air anyway because, uh, you know, we don't have any other topics to discuss for tonight. And as Unless far as I know... you guys want to hear Jake talk about dirt for the last half an hour. As, as far as I know, we don't have any other topics to discuss for the night. 
Uh, I will state just once again that we are going to be having uh, our last nightlight radio for the season uh, on the last Thursday of June. So if you do have things you want us to, want us to discuss, we're going to be on the air and discussing those things one more time this season, episode number 12 for this season. Uh, so yeah, in the meantime, that'll be our show for tonight. We, our lines will be open for another hour and a half or so, so feel free to reach out. Remember, if you want to donate to our services or learn more about us as a church or even just as our uh, counseling services, you can check us out at abfpdx.org. Um, we are open to talking with you about whatever you have going on. We take a biblical perspective and give biblical advice. We'll be back on the air, like I said, the last Thursday in June, but our Facebook page and our counseling accounts are always on. So send your messages and topics to discuss. Good night and stay vigilant. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.